This is the Hoove It or Lose It podcast, hosted by Pastor Andy Hoover. We're going to have a seat. Uh, last week, we kicked off a teaching series called Shoots and Ladders. Uh, if you remember this, as uh, the old game uh, originally called Snakes and Ladders. And uh, we, we started talking about Shoots and Ladders, and we introduced the idea that there are things in life Things that we may view as bad, things that we may view as failures, uh, things we may view as things that are not successful, they're not uh, signs of success, uh, which may indeed, we call those things shoots or slides. Um, And what we talked about was these things that we perceive could be bad or failures may not be shoots, but may indeed be ladders in our lives. And then on the flip side of that, uh, we introduced the idea that there may be things in life that we think are ladders, uh, things that we think are success and we think uh, are actually really great uh, and a pathway to success, which may indeed, in reality, not be a ladder, but it could be a chute. It could be a slide into a downward spiral. And tonight I want to spend a few minutes looking more closely uh, at this idea, and I want to tackle what I believe to be the more difficult of the two. Right? Because I just kind of described two ideas. We think it's good and it's bad, and we think it's bad and it's good. And I want to tackle uh, tonight the more difficult of those. Uh, I think we can all look through Scripture and find, even if you've not been around the spiritual block long uh, or very many times, you can probably quickly page or thumb through Scripture and find some examples of, of people or circumstances that are negative uh, that God has turned around. Right? Like we can kind of quickly come up with some of those. Uh, people who found themselves in a tough spot uh, that everybody around them thought was uh, really bad. And God ended up bringing glory to himself because of uh, that situation. Th- those are easy to think of. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Kind of a bad thing. God turned that around and did something miraculous uh, really with the whole nation of Israel. Moses feels like he's inadequate to speak to the Pharaoh. You're familiar with this account. In scripture, uh, God does something amazing, uh, you know, takes a chute and turns it into a ladder. Uh, Paul being shipwrecked and beaten and imprisoned, kind of bad things. No one would say, hey, that guy's on the climb up. Like, no one would think that as he's shipwrecked and beaten and imprisoned. But God turned that around and, and did something amazing. So there's bunches of examples, bunches of examples of people who have, from the outside looking in, found themselves in some really tough situations, the kind of situations that that most people would look at and go, hey, that's not good, and they would assume that that is a shoot or a failure or the beginning of a downward spiral, and God has grabbed a hold of that and turned it into an awesome spiritual success for his glory. So those accounts and scriptures are easy to find, and we're going to look at some of those next week. But tonight... I want to spend some time looking at the opposite of that idea. What about those accounts in Scripture where, uh, in the Bible where from the outside looking in, I'm out here, the situation's in there, from the outside looking in, things appear to be great. What about those people that appear as though they are poised for greatness and they ended up kind of falling and failing? What about those people that appear as though they're climbing the ladder 
to success, right? Uh, they're, they're doing it with some serious speed, and then something happens. Something tweaks, something turns, uh, something pivots, something goes on, and, and they find themselves tumbling back down to where they started, or perhaps tumbling back down further than where they even began. Let's think for a minute tonight about the account in Scripture of Adam and Eve. You guys are familiar with this account in Scripture, right? You've heard this if you've been around the spiritual block. Uh, God creates Adam and places him in what the Bible calls the garden in the east, comma, in Eden. We call that the garden of Eden. So God creates Adam and places him in the garden in the east, in Eden. God gives Adam only one stipulation. Now, I just... I just want you to, I, just, I was thinking about this this week. I just want you to wrap your mind around this. Adam's the first person. Okay? Yeah, period. Do you understand what I'm driving at? Like, I, I just don't want you to like, oh, okay, God created a man. No. He created the first man. Okay? So when Adam saw himself, there wasn't a mirror, I don't think. Maybe he went to a stream. And he was like, oh. I want you to understand the gravity of that moment. God created a person. He was the only one. When you understand that tonight as we dive into this, so God creates him and gives him, puts him in the garden of the east in Eden and gives him only one stipulation. There's only one boundary that Adam wasn't to cross. He had full authority. The scripture says in all of the garden of the east in Eden, he had full authority, but he wasn't to eat from one tree in the garden. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, says, But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Other than that, though, Adam is free to, to do whatever he wants to do, right? Adam's got full reign. God gives Adam, I don't know if you picked up on this in Scripture, this is what the Bible says, but God gave Adam full authority to name the animals that he had created. So God created the animals and then he brings them along in front of Adam. This is in my mind's eye how it worked. He, he, he trots them along in front of Adam, and Adam's like, giraffe. You know, I don't know exactly how it went down, but, but nevertheless, uh, he, he names all of the animals, and at the ending of the naming of the animals, the scripture says this, that no suitable helper was found for Adam. In other words... Up to that point, nothing that Adam had seen come across in front of him looked anything like Adam. So the scripture says that God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was asleep, the scripture says that God took a rib out of Adam. Now, I'm just pausing for the gravity of this moment. I, I don't want you to be like, oh, yeah, the other day I took a rib out of my breath. Like, no, this isn't like normal. This is supernatural. P.S. If you took a rib out of your breath the other day, see me later. We can talk about that. That's, that's not, it's not good. 
So he causes Adam to go into a deep sleep. He takes the rib from him, and from the rib, the Lord God made woman from the rib. Now, I was thinking about this in the context of our discussion in this series, and here's my thought. If that's not the bottom of a ladder of awesomeness that Adam finds himself at, I don't know what is. Okay? God gives Adam the entire kingdom of the garden to call his own. He has full authority. He can do whatever he wants. He has the authority to name all of the animals. I mean, think about this. We can hold Adam responsible for the difficult spelling of the word hippopotamus. Okay? That was Adam that did that. Like, I want you to understand the, the, the power and the authority that Adam had in this moment. Some of you were like, I don't understand why hippopotamus is difficult to spell. I always struggle. I always just abbreviate hippo. Because I don't know what comes after. And if someone insists that I write it, I write H-I-P-P-O, like that. So he gives him full authority to name all of the animals. He gives him full reign of all of the garden. God gives Adam, listen to this, God gives Adam his very own woman. Right? And here's the cool part. He really digs Adam. You understand what I'm driving at? You see what I'm saying without me saying what I'm saying? Okay, she really digs Adam. My point is this, guys. My point is that, that God is, is setting Adam up, right? Uh, things are looking really great for Adam at this point. He, he's got everything. He's got Eve. He's got a sweet pad. He's got authority. But something, listen to this, something goes wrong. Suddenly, Adam's ladder that he was clearly at the bottom of, Clearly taking steps up an awesome ladder. Do you understand this? I mean, do you understand what I'm driving at? He's clearly doing it. He, he's doing it. At some point, something happened. Something turned. There was a pivot. There was a mistake. Something happened. And suddenly, Adam's climb upward starts to take this long slide down that affects not only Adam, but all of humanity. The scripture says that Eve was tempted and gave into the eating off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then the scripture says that in turn, she gave that fruit, we traditionally say apple, although I don't think the Bible says that. She then in turn gives that fruit to Adam, who also eats from the knowledge, or from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And as a result, the Bible says this. As a result, the Bible says that God banished Adam and Eve from the garden. What happened? Why would Adam and Eve allow something that was so obviously the beginning of something amazing, something that was the beginning of this, this awesome climb up a ladder? I mean, Adam's halfway up the ladder, and he's got Eve, and he's bringing her up the ladder with them, and like, they've got it going on. Things are great. Things are good. Why would they allow something that was the beginning of something so great, this great ladder in their lives, why would they allow that to slip away and to create this 
this downward spiral, and suddenly one second they're on a ladder climbing, and the next second they're on this chute just sliding down. How could this have happened? Let me suggest to you what I believe God speaks to us in this passage, and that's that Adam and Eve, in the words, in the words of my mother and my father when I was growing up, Adam and Eve got a little too big for their britches. You ever heard that phrase? They technically, they weren't wearing britches, right? We'll, we'll get into that later. But just figuratively speaking, Adam and Eve got a little too big for their britches. You heard that phrase before? I mean, it's this idea that, uh, that you know, and I don't think this is a stretch for us. Honestly, I mean, just put yourself in their position for a moment. This isn't a stretch uh, that for you and I to understand how Adam and Eve were perhaps feeling at this moment in history. Adam had just these amazing experiences, right? I mean, I want you to really pause and think about the experiences that Adam had just had and that Eve was having at that moment. He got to name the animals. He's given this amazing place to live with complete reign over how things are done and what is done. He's got some, he's got some real authority. He's just landed, listen, not only a woman, but he's landed the only woman. Word. Right? And it wasn't like, and I just want you to understand the gravity of this, because it wasn't as if Adam saw Eve and was like, oh, hey, a woman. Yeah, I'll take her. Okay? I just want you to understand that, that that's not what happened. The woman thing had never been done before. The woman thing was new. All Adam knew were animals. Right? And you understand what I'm driving at? God had brought all the animals in front of Adam, and he's like, four legs, four legs. Some knees and four legs. I don't understand. Well, I don't even know what that is. That's a long nose. You know, and they're looking at all these animals. All these things are passing in front of him. And then God brings before Adam, listen to this. He brings before Adam someone that looks like him, but different. <laughs> you see what I'm driving at? Like this was new. Right? This was this was this was this was new. And the only people at this point that are uncomfortable are these two adult volunteers right here. But I want you to understand what I'm driving at. This had never, this had never been done before. And in Adam's mind, you guys, I just want you to get a hold of this. Adam's mind was blown away by all of these experiences that he had. And suddenly God brings in this other, this other person that's all he knows to call her. He doesn't even know what to call her. And God's cool with them being together. And, God, and Adam's probably just stepping back. Well, my mind is just blown over this whole situation. I don't understand how I got here. I don't understand how awesome this is. And what do you mean? I can do this and I get this and I get her. And what about that? I get to name this and I get to do that. And he's just like his world is spinning. So in the midst of all of these amazing experiences, this is what I want you to understand. In the midst of all these amazing experiences, Adam and Eve start to lose, they start to lose sight about who's really in control. They start to get a little, a little too pumped up. They start to feel like perhaps maybe there's more out there that should be theirs. And, and, and maybe, and maybe God is holding. Maybe God is holding out on us. I mean, imagine the conversation that perhaps Adam and Eve had. They, they start to realize, hey, we've got all this, and they're starting to get kind of pumped up and kind of get a big head here because of all these blessings that, that God has positioned in their lives. And they start to look at each other and go, maybe there's more. Maybe there's more out there. They start to think things like, you know, hey, if this is awesome, 
and I'm awesome and you're awesome, I wonder how awesome that is. Well, I wonder how awesome that is. Well, I wonder what's over here. And I wonder, I wonder about that tree. Why would, why would God not let us have that? God gave us everything else. Why would God not let us have that? Is God holding out on us? They start to forget who's in charge. They start to doubt the boundaries that God had placed in their lives for their protection. I mean, do you understand that? There's some doubt going on in their minds as to these boundaries that God has placed in their lives when God placed those boundaries there for their protection, but now they're questioning that. They start to think, hey, you know, maybe God's not, maybe God's not protecting me. Maybe God's limiting me. And here's where I think you and I can make the jump to our lives today. Sometimes we do the same thing. Sometimes we do the same thing, same thing, and that we start to have some success. We start to have some success at school, or we start to have some success in relationships, or in friendships, or in our job, or athletic abilities. Suddenly we start to doubt the things that God tells us to avoid. Because what if? Is what we think. What if God's, what if God's holding you back? What if there's something out there that's really, really awesome, and for whatever reason, God doesn't want me, God doesn't want me to have that? What if I want what's out there? You know, because I, I have all this ability, and I can do this, and I can do this, and I got this, and I got that, and I start to have all this success, and I step back, and I go, man, you know, what if? What if there's more? In other words, we start to get a little, a little too big for our spiritual riches, right? We start to think that, that, that we know best. We start to think that maybe God isn't as smart as I thought he was. We start to wonder if maybe God, for whatever reason, has kind of lost touch with what's really going on down here on earth. And maybe, just maybe, we start to think we know best. It's at those moments in your spiritual journey, you guys, that your ladder can quickly turn into a chute and you can find yourself, you can find yourself tumbling backwards. Well, I'm going to challenge you tonight that when you find yourself at the bottom of a ladder, when you find yourself on this amazing upward climb in life, in, in, in whatever area, maybe it's school, or maybe it's relationships, or athletics, or jobs, or friends, whatever it is, you find yourself in a place where people are starting to come around you, and people are starting to tell you how amazing you are, and hey, you're so gifted, and you're so great, and you're so blessed, and you're so successful, and you're so smart, and you're so wise. Listen to this. You will never be wiser than the one who is the source of wisdom. God created wisdom. And no matter the level of success you have in any arena of life, you will never know better than he knows. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. 
See, listen, I want you to understand that there are perhaps lots of other examples in the scripture of, that illustrate this idea of ladders turning into shoes. There's lots of other examples. You know, I was really struggling to, to, to come up with stuff, and I started talking to a couple of people, and they were like, well, you know, that is a tough one. What about this example, or what about this example? And I started making a list of all of these things. The only one that I could think of was Adam and Eve. And I started talking to some other folks here at the church, and they said, well, what about this example? What about that example? And, you know, there are other great examples. The Bible describes Solomon as the wisest man who ever lived. Someone would certainly describe what Solomon was experiencing as the bottom of a ladder, right? Like, he's got wisdom, and he's climbing, and he's experiencing life with great, with great fervor. Elijah has this amazing experience on top of a mountain against the prophets of Baal, Right? Uh, you know, he has this amazing experience, and his God, the one true God, not only sends down fire to, to evaporate and destroy his offering, but it's so powerful, the scripture says, that it gobbles up and consumes the, the offering to the false God. I mean, Elijah could certainly be described as someone who was at the bottom of a ladder, and imagine if you just had that experience, right? Imagine if you just had that experience and God showed up in your life in some amazing, awesome way, you would certainly think, man, I'm on the upward climb here. But here's what I want you to understand, that both of those accounts in Scripture, both Solomon and Elijah, end up with both of those guys in Scripture tumbling backwards and beginning this long slide down in their lives. So my point is that there are lots of examples. But I chose to share this one with you about Adam and Eve simply because of this. It's at the beginning. And really, this example of Adam and Eve and, 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 and the situation they were dealing with, it, it really uh, has everything in common with all of the other ones. And it's this, that you and I are called to trust God more than we trust ourselves. That's ultimately what Adam and Eve is about. That's really what Elijah's downfall is about. That's really what Solomon's downfall is about. But I chose to talk about Adam and Eve because it's at the beginning, and it, and it builds the foundation for all of the other struggles that people in Scripture have. Because Adam and Eve thought they knew best. I mean, countless times in Scripture, you guys, time and time again in the Bible, we see it over and over and over again. God is on the move. He's got people in positions at the bottom of ladders. He's got people halfway up ladders. He's, he's got people on the move to bigger and to better things for his glory. And suddenly, the people start to doubt his plan. And we start to buy into this idea that we know Yes. That's Adam and Eve. That's Solomon. That's Elijah. That's the people of Israel. That's full of people in the New Testament. That's you and I. So here's my challenge. If you find yourself at the bottom of a ladder, you find yourself starting to experience some, some progress, you find yourself starting to experience some success in whatever arena, you pick the arena, whatever you find yourself starting to really feel like you're on the move, remember this, God knows best. Thanks for listening to the Hoove It or Lose It podcast. For more information or resources, visit www.hooveitorloseit.com or on Facebook at Hoove It or Lose It.